the industry that I wanted to get into, it was kind of like a hit or miss. Um, so at that time, I figured that um, I did not want to go into like entertainment because it was so iffy and wishy-washy. Yeah. So I actually, I took up a few, my first job after freaking college, I was stuffing envelopes in the basement of an energy company. No. What's up, everybody? I am your host, Rashad Mays, and I'm here to bring you Love Yours, the podcast, the show that loves the hustle and embraces the struggle. On this show, we interview entrepreneurs and brand makers who have achieved levels of success within their fields and bring to light some of the struggles and pitfalls it took for them to get there. After this episode, be sure to leave comments on your thoughts, opinions, or whatever you think of the show. Don't forget to show love and check out our website at www.loveyourspod.com where you can find all of our podcast interviews and Love Yours Apparel. While you're there, make sure to subscribe to the show and get a chance to cop some of our gear at discounted rates. With that being said, stay tuned. We have an exciting show ahead right here on Love Yours, the podcast. Love Yours, the podcast again, the show that loves the hustle and embraces the struggle. Today, I have Yasmin Selena here with me today, straight out of the DMV. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good, doing good. I definitely, uh, definitely want to bring you on the show. I saw you're making some waves right now, and I don't, I know, I know you, you're, you're a big influence out here in DC, and a lot of people know you, and you, you're kind of starting to make your way into the public eye. Just me looking at Facebook and everything around social media, I was able to catch a glimpse of some of the things that you're doing out here, and I, I could not bring you on. I am happy to be on the show. Good, Thank you. Good, good, good. So, <clears throat> Yasmin, you're from the DMV, correct? Yes, I am. Born in uh, D.C., raised in PG County, so yep. Okay. All right. All right. And we met through mutual friends and shout out to Quentin because Quentin is the GOAT. Um, <laughs> but uh, we met through mutual friends, everybody. And we I think we've known each other for like just passing by like over the past, what, two, three years? Yeah, I've been by that long. Yeah. Yeah. Two, three years. And for everybody that doesn't know, explain to them what you do and what kind of background you kind of came from. Uh, because you, you worked at a particular place that was uh, very special to a lot of the listeners. So uh, fill them in on where that's at. Sure. So uh, right now I am a founder and executive director of the Hustlers Guild, which is a nonprofit that focuses on STEAM exposure, so science, technology, engineering, art, and math for the lower 40% schools in Washington, D.C. But before starting HG. I did serve six and a half years at the White House under the Obama administration, working in the management and administration office, and then going over to Homeland, working in their partnership office. Woo! Look at my dog with the big dog status. Shout out to Obama. Yes. (laughs) How was that? It was definitely a a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun, that whole wave. Um, it, was, it was a great time. Good, Absolutely. good, good, good. I know, uh, you know, a lot of people are right now missing Obama. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure you are too as well, right? Yeah, you know, everything has <laughs> changed a lot since then, but <laughs> hopefully we can 
continue to move everything forward. Yeah, we need to. And I mean, you're still tight with a lot of the folks that you was working with in the uh, while you was at the White House, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a large amount of uh, minorities that I've met in the Obama administration actually came over with me to get uh, the Hustlers Guild off the ground. So we are a good, a good close-knit family for the most part. Mm-hmm. We still, a lot of us still keep in contact and just support each other during our next steps. So yeah, absolutely. We still keep in contact with each other. That's good. That's good. So you say a, a few of you guys got together after you guys um, left the administration and they kind of helped you start this, this nonprofit that you have right now. Tell me how it kind of started out, right? Is is this was this the initial start of the like? Did you know you were going to do this? Uh, you know, when you were back when you was like what fourteen, fifteen, or is this something that just popped up? You know, just like ah, I had this instant thought after I, I got out of the administration. Let me let me go after it. Oh yeah, so I've been doing youth advocacy work since about two thousand and one, two thousand and two ish. So it's been something I've been doing since I was like in my early teens. I knew at a young age that I was either going to have a nonprofit to help inner city kids out or a bar. Um, not to say a bar still won't happen. But, uh, <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Things kind of just, it just kind of aligned after I left the administration. I took a few months off to just do some heavy traveling and thinking about what I wanted to do next and I didn't want to jump in something just because that was the thing to do is to hurry and rush into something else. I wanted to just take some time off to figure out like the next step, what what was important to me to do. So it was it came about. It was HG was the thing that needed to happen at that time. There it is, there it is. And so when you say you 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 thought about this at a young age, like how did this how did this thought like transpire? Like walk us through the journey from when you pretty much, you know, had this initial thought at a young age into where you're at now? I think most of it is because growing up, when I grew up in this, uh, in D.C., during the Chocolate City, Ooh. the city was a lot different. Yes, it was. <laughs> than what people know it to be now. Like right now, it's like the hip transplant hub to go to if you're looking to be a professional minority and make some good money get some good connects it wasn't always like that you know what i mean like growing up dc during the time that i was growing up was high in like cocaine um and just drugs period like the city was always on lockdown yeah of like curfews that was going on and it was just crazy yeah (laughs) growing up and so it wasn't that many activities and stuff for like kids to do mm-hmm. um so i didn't want to do like ever want to do traditional type of career stuff i always wanted to just i was always like an artsy into music yeah. kind of kid so i always wanted to have programs like i always wanted to be in the boys and girls club and i always wanted to have like more fun programs around so that's when it kind of came into places a lot of times i just had to create different opportunities just because it was something that i wanted to do and not necessarily um just thinking about it more long term, like I need to do something for myself. Right. So why don't I start creating these opportunities while you know I have the interest to do so because the adults wasn't doing it at the time. So, so when you were when you were younger, you know, you would go to the boys and girls club. You were playing instruments. Um, you're saying there wasn't enough programs back then, like 
I'm pretty sure you have friends, but what were the majority of you guys doing at that point? Were you guys all in programs, or were you just the sole one that was just like, you know, I'm going to go rock out an extended day or, uh, you know, Boys and Girls Club or do this or that? Like, was there something for – was everybody involved or was just you? No, the Boys and Girls Club growing up, every, it was like a thing. Like, everyone was a part of some kind of uh, branch of the Boys and Girls Club. But it was mostly sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, someone who just – I used to just like doing stuff like – I knew I wanted to do like radio or TV or something to entertainment at a very young age. Yeah. Uh, but there just wasn't nothing to kind of like push kids to go towards those kind of careers. It was uh, just going to sound like the internet, like AOL just came out. It wasn't much back then. <laughs> it was. Like, I had like dial up and stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like how can you how can you have canceled you know people wasn't that forward thinking yeah. back at that time to like push kids to do more expressive stuff yeah um so when it when i told like my parents and stuff like yo i want to i want to do radio and tv that wasn't something that was accepted back then it was like yeah you don't want to do like engineering or <laughs> the, i want to the- do like a like, the typical moms and pops answers. We're going to send you to school and you're going to be a lawyer or you're going to either be a doctor. Everything yeah. else, you ain't making. They, they say everything else, you're not going to make no money. And that's not what we're going to spend all our money to uh, send you to school for. Exactly. But that wasn't just something that they were like used to, you know, happening. It was just more so like, uh, I don't know what mass communication is. Like, <laughs> I don't know how I'm just going to help you. I and what were their professions? My father's actually, uh, he was an entrepreneur. He came to America after traveling uh, to like over 60-something countries. He finally settled here. Jesus. He started a business. Yeah, it was like a real like, you know, bootstrap kind of story. Like came here, barely knew English, didn't have any family, um, learned a trade. From that trade, he started a business out of his front room and then yeah. turned into a location. And then after that, just turned into like a real estate um, investor. Oh, so. we might. Oh, whoa. Hey, hey, those two words right there are key. Those are like spark words for me. Like, I might want to bring him <laughs> on the show. <laughs> Everybody knows I'm in the real estate investing now. So, you know, he might, he might be a good guy to bring on the show. <laughs> that's good so he he and and i'm pretty like for him to establish all of that uh especially coming from where he came from i'm pretty sure in his mind he just wanted you to get out there and get like a stable job that was going to pay you know solid money i'm I'm pretty sure the entrepreneurial uh idea for him was for you was you know he wasn't looking at it like that yeah absolutely he just wanted to be like you know like just just go to college and get a career job. So um, it was just a, it took some convincing for him to actually see that <laughs> that kind of lifestyle really wasn't something that I can get the most out of. Yeah. Um, and I can always do like a lot more and or I can always just go back to that kind of thing. This is not like the end all. You know what I mean? Of course. So um, there's opportunity to come back. 
but this is something that I actually wanted to do. Like, yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to be one of the people that you know get down line with. Oh, I could have, should have. Yeah, I no, like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. So what about moms? Was she more accepting, or what did she want out of you? Um, my mother, uh, she just kind of like you know, like you know, you won't have to make. She's more of a you got to make your own decisions kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, so she just like you know, I can't really tell you what to do. It's you know, it's something. If you want to do it, then you know what you got to do to do it. So yeah. that's always. What a contrast! I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so when when, you, when you're thinking about like, did you have, did you have other, uh, you know, peers that wanted to go the entrepreneur route? Because I'm pretty sure your 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 parents supported you, but uh, when it comes to like just having somebody to you know talk to about these ideas that were supportive. And was like, hey, you know, you should be doing this or you should be doing that. You know, were you able to go to your parents or did you have like an uh, outside resource? Uh, well, actually, the, the crazy thing is I actually told my parents months after I started my organization. Um, they, they were like one of the last people to find out. I mm. was talking to my mentors the entire time because I feel like mentors and parents have two total different perspectives. <laughs> yes, um, they do. <laughs> and I didn't want to. I, I didn't want to tell my parents, "Hey, I'm starting an organization," and then having to go through that entire. No, I knew what I wanted to do, and I literally just needed some time to like just focus on doing it. Uh, because you know, some people like if you tell them, they'll they'll try to talk you out of what you want to do and oh yes and, um i didn't I, I talked to people that i knew that would understand yeah yeah also give caution that and it wasn't caution to talk me out of it but it was caution more of teaching me how to better strategize to do what i wanted to do mm-hmm. so i had to take like a few months and step back from a lot of people while i kind of like flushed out this idea and see what I needed to do to get it up. That is, yes, that that is so key, um, <clears throat> because everybody's got an opinion, and the entrepreneurial road, uh, especially you know with our upbringings, like we we all went to school, we you know we're educated, we're highly intelligent, and so these expectations that people have for us are to be you know these kind of career jobs, and when we talk about taking a leap of faith, and you know starting something from the ground up. You know, there's a lot of cautionary verbiage that spit at us, and you know, it, some, it, a lot of it's good, but sometimes it could definitely be detrimental to you know our mindset. So, for you to be able to go back and essentially flush everything out, um, that's very much needed. I'm kind of going through the same process right now, um, but I, I understand. I definitely understand. That's something that we kind of have to do sometimes. Um, you know, eliminating those you know those negative uh, thoughts and you know, like I said, being around individuals that are, like I said, going to take, provide us caution, uh, cautionary advice, but also push us in the right direction and know that, you know, we're fully invested in the dream that we kind of want to go for. Absolutely. So for, so for you, 
you 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 knew at a young age you wanted to do you know get into mass communications and tv and radio did you go to school for it like when you went to college is this something that you you know you pursued or did you choose another route and then kind of got back into it after school no i want to actually i started uh working in radio when i was in high school like i'm really was about like i want to do it i'm going to find a way and i'm going to do it uh-huh. so i started i went to college with like maybe two and a half years experience um in radio at that point mm-hmm. um, so i went to school out in state university for pr and uh, while i was in school i was a part of like the, the Grammy University group and the public relations group, and I was the NAACP vice president. Oh, you was getting um, cracking. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <He was laughs> and then I crack. also was a Boys and Girls Club teacher. Um, so I was, you know, pulling my 18 to 21 hours a semester, but I was also teaching full time from like 3 until like 8 p.m. at a Boys and Girls Club that was set up just like a school. Yeah, you couldn't let look. You couldn't let go of the roots. That Boys and Girls Club was your roots. Yeah, and I just it's just always been a part of something. Every time I, I even did Boys and Girls Club stuff when I was at the White House. There that it is. The crazy part about it. There it is. So you, so did you guys have your, you guys had your own radio show? Did you ever host a radio show while you was at school? No. So I never. Uh, when I did radio stuff, I was running backstage stuff for live remote. So like the big summer concerts and um, a radio station is like hosting like a live remote out in the city or putting on their annual big, you know, festival somewhere for yeah. sisters only venture center or something like that i was running like the backstage logistics for these concerts so essentially what i had to do was i had uh, a list of the artists that were coming and leaving um and then i had their writers list which basically their demands yeah. <laughs> that they had uh, <laughs> there for their backstage room and i just had to like make sure that all this stuff was set up in their backstage room when they got there escort them to their room and make sure that they was on stage at time and out of the room to the next person come so it was more from a logistics standpoint what was what was the craziest order because i for me like i've always for the people that's close to me they know like in, in my afterlife i'm gonna be a rapper like I, I don't care. No, I don't care what nobody says. And when I become a rapper, and you know, I'm about you know when I'm backstage, and you know, you get your little gifts and you pre food and all that kind of stuff. I'm getting a hundred count Chick Fil A nugget meal oh <laughs> before I go on stage, and I just I just want plates of Chick Fil A nuggets and uh and, and gummy worms, and I'm straight. I'll go in there and perform my ass off, but that's that's what I want. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, there was really – I never really had to deal with anyone that had, like, super crazy stuff. Like, for the most part, we just knew that the writer of the list was pretty much, like, a lot of people who, uh, like, in the entourage maybe wanted stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. certain people wanted, like, like pie pies. Okay. Uh, or just, like, water. It was nothing that we had to deal with that was, like, super crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was pretty much standard. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing out of the, you know, out of the ordinary crazy. I never had to deal with anyone that had like crazy, like it must be this or it must be that. Yeah. Um, kind of thing, like only yellow M and M's or you know. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. But what's crazy is that um one of my one of my previous guests, I don't know if you're familiar with her, but her name's Megan Taylor. 
Um, she actually founded an organization down in South Florida. Um, it's national, actually, it's worldwide. Uh, worldwide right now. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's called Women in Radio, and <clears throat> she pretty much um, it's an organization that pretty much um, puts on for women in the radio industry and helps them find jobs, and also highlights women that are outside of like that work outside of radio personalities. So because there's a lot of different <clears throat> there's a lot of different avenues within the uh, radio and entertainment field that you know women can get into and they, they work and so they they work to kind of highlight those positions outside of just the radio personalities. Very good organization. She kind of she blew up. I mean that organization blew up within like two, three years and now they have like conferences uh down south. I think they're having one in the next two weeks. But that'll be good. I actually I, I think you know, if you're still interested, I need to I need to connect both of you guys. Actually, that'd be oh, yeah, great. absolutely, that'd be dope. Yeah, like she's it's it's worldwide. Like she has worldwide followers right now, and like you know what, I'm gonna make that happen for you. See, this is why we do this right here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we do this. Yes, yes, yes. So, so take us to uh, so after school, you're about to graduate. You've been working. You know looks like you was running the shows for these concerts you're back there running all the logistical things um so you're making moves you're making things happen and also gaining a a, a very unique skill set in itself um when you graduated what what was the plan were you trying to go for radio stations or or what like how did the transition from college to white house happen oh goodness I graduated, <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> so I was uh, finished with college in December of 2008, Uh-oh. and um, we did not have a fall graduation, so I actually just went back to school literally just to walk in May of 2009, but the recession. Um, been, huh? the recession, yes, the recession, that was during the time oh, <laughs> of Lord. the recession. It was really um, kind of difficult to kind of like figure out, fresh out of college, um, it's a recession, and so people are getting laid off left and right. Yeah. Um, the industry that I wanted to get into, it was kind of like a hit or miss. Um, so at that time, I figured that um, I did not want to go into like entertainment because it was so iffy and wishy-washy yeah so i actually i took up a few my first job after freaking college i was stuffing envelopes in the basement of an energy company no (laughs) (laughs) i did it for maybe four days oh lord (laughs) yes i actually (laughs) <laughs> it was so stressful what i didn't have any service down there i was like yo i can't this can't be it um i can't <laughs> cannot be like because like at that time people was like had like crazy requirements like you have to work in the office and do these duties so then i had to go find these random jobs oh, to be like the kind of you know office experience that they were asking yeah they were asking stuff at the time um, and at the same time, I was trying to save up for a um, a MacBook. So my goal at that time was like save up for a MacBook and just make some money. Mm. Um, exactly. And then after that, I was doing surveys. And then probably by by the time I graduated, I was working for the Department of Defense. So um, it was like a four month really hustle that I had to do. Yeah. 
then um, I ended up being at the Department of Defense for two years as a HIPAA analyst. That's crazy. Uh, I know, um, and people still, like, to this day go through, um, you know, have that similar problem where they graduate, have a degree, and you got jobs that say, oh, yeah, we want five years plus experience, and you need to be where you need to have this type of experience in the office and this type of experience here. And you're like, yo, I just literally graduated, yo, and this is the entry level requirements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it it was crazy, but I do. That's why I keep pushing a lot of people that I mentor, like, yo, just get the experience. Like, it's never too early for you to get that experience. I had the experience, uh, but like I said, it was a recession, so you had to make do. Three vacancies. It was like chopped down to just one position, so it was very competitive at that time. Yeah, it was actually kind of depressing to graduate in a recession. Jesus, I, I can only imagine. So, like, what were your what like what was your financial situation like? Were you eating bread and crackers, or like were you good? Like, did the family support you? Because this is, I mean, recession. Of course, the economy don't got no money. You don't, you you know, you're working these letter stuffing jobs. I don't, I don't know if they're paying a lot of money, but you know, what was your financial situation like? Um, I mean, like, yo, it was, it was actually cool. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't in a position where I'm like, I, I need to like, you know, hurry up and find something. I was still kind of like taking my time, but I had to set metrics. So, um, coming out of college, I didn't have any debt or anything like that. I was literally trying to just wait, on stuff. wait. Let's let's take a minute to thank the Lord. Because <laughs> we are all not fortunate, but that is amazing. You got scholarships? Um, parents. Hey, shout out parents to college. Shout out to the foundation. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So uh I guess my situation was a lot different than a lot of other people. Uh, it was it was still frustrating, but um, I wasn't. My parents had kind of like set stuff up that, you know, as long as we were out here doing what we needed to do, like we were, we would be okay. Yeah. It was a safety net. But these are these are things that you. I mean, you you went through it and you saw how your parents set you up, you know, for for success, um, at an early age. But these are things that you can essentially take with you. You know, when you do, you know, when you're able to start a family and, you know, you got kids and things like that, I'm pretty sure you're going to try to set them up the same way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, (laughs) it's it's still a lot of hard work that goes into everything, but um, I definitely can, you know, help prepare them as much as I can with my resources and just like intel on how to get stuff done. Good, good, good. And that's what we got to do to change these, you know, to pretty much change these generations and push everybody forward you gotta you know we gotta start at an early age and set our kids up you know now while we're hustling instead of at the last minute and you know they're trying to figure out on their own and you know they got hundreds of thousands of two hundred thousand dollars of debt and all that kind of stuff so definitely uh key points that you should be able to take with you you know what i'm saying got it yeah absolutely so you were at the Department of Defense. Um, you know, what was your job position at that point? Were you like, ah, I'm here just to take it, you know, because it's a good job? Or did you still find yourself wanting to, you know, go after the radio and the entertainment business? Uh, during that time, um, it was it was something 
that I was I was actually I filmed a documentary um, early 2008, so I was actually still doing like premieres and stuff. Yeah. It was just about to pay the bill while I was like flying all for the weekends to do like premieres on my documentary. Um, so after maybe two years of like, you know, just still like, okay, I'm still do this kind of advocacy work over here, but this is like my daytime gig. Yeah. I got really quick. And uh, that's when a friend recommended to me, like, hey, I think you should apply to the White House internship. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not into politics. <laughs> <laughs> why did you hit? Why, wait, first of all, why did they come out of left field with the poli- the political world, you know, and, and ask you about it? Um, This person is into politics. Okay. I- my, um, one of my board members, Jason Spears. Okay, I think I, I think I met Jason before. Yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely have, I definitely yeah. have. Yeah, absolutely. He hit me up and was just like, "Yo, <laughs> <laughs> the White House internship. I did it, and I think that you would like it." I'm like, "I'm not into politics." And he's like, "But your board right now." And I, you know, I asked a few people if they have like positions for people who are into like, you know, event logistics and like all the stuff that you like to do and they actually have a few offices that cater to those kinds of people who are not policy related yeah um so then i was like okay you know i'll apply she's like yeah fyi is not paid and i was like oh 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 god (laughs) (laughs) it was like it's a free internship and i was like well you know how much how much event do i have and i think he told me like maybe it was like probably and I don't know, like maybe October. Yeah. And I didn't have, I had like maybe three weeks Uh-oh. to apply to this internship, and I sat on it until the last day, actually. Come on, <laughs> yes, come on. And I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Like, I'm gonna do it. And then I was like, if I start in January, that means from October to January, I cannot spend a dime. Jeez. <laughs> My money. Um, so that's what I did. Like, I just stacked up and they called me and they wanted to do an interview, made it through the interview, made it to another interview on the phone. They gave me a start date and I worked my job into that Friday and I started the White House on a Monday. Wow. What a, (laughs) wow. So first of all, like, I'm pretty sure you're extra excited for this uh for this opportunity um but the no money thing like let's talk about that real quick like i dc of course there's a hundreds hundreds of different internships that don't offer no money um and i know for a fact because you know quentin quentin's actually uh quentin put me on to some internships actually he put me on my first two internships at the same time here in dc both of them not making any money back in 2012 and so, you know, our first thought is like, well, how am I going to survive? Like, I was, uh, I, what, what was I doing? I was, I was spending like $25. I had a $25 budget at the grocery store and get like peanut butter and jelly, like pop tarts, ramen noodles and stuff like that. But, you know, you live really living frugal. But the thing about the, the, the no money, you know, internships is that, you know, the network that you get kind of pays for itself, you know, and you're at the, you're at the very top, you're at the White House, you know, so I'm pretty sure, like, the opportunities and the networks and, 
uh, the things that you were able to get into kind of compensated for that, right? Like it's the White House. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like <laughs> I was just like, I'll figure figure it out. Like to me at that point, um, things aligned, and I was Hey guys, I want to shed some light on one of our sponsors of the show, Horror Creative. That's H-A-R-A Creative. Horror Creative is a creative shop that specializes in photography, videography, and creative direction. Challenging the status quo through their expertise, they have used their skills to provide restaurants, clothing brands, solo entrepreneurs, and many more with distinguished visuals. You may also know them because of their transformative self-propelled projects, such as their video series, The Black Love Project, and their most recent publication, Horror Magazine, Poems and Light. Follow them on Instagram at Horror Creative, or check out their website, horrorcreative.com, to stay in the loop with all the dope content they have coming our way. Please check them out when you get a chance, and always remember, Horror Creative for the culture. For, like it, 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 everything kind of you know happened really fast and politics politics has a way of sucking you in like once you get in like it's kind of hard like get out you know what I'm saying um for your parents you know what was their reactions when you were able to get into this internship um my mother was really excited <laughs> she was like really pumped she just wanted to you know, perks of everything. Uh. <laughs> but my dad was a little like, why on earth would you lose a paying salary government job? Wow. <laughs> 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 because Obama's here, man. He's dope. I'm trying to work for Obama, man. <laughs> yeah, it was, he, oh gosh, he was, I think he was very proud, but uh, it was really hard for him to kind of support the decision in its entirety because it was like, you know, once this internship is over, you have to find a job again, right? Like, <laughs> 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 so, 
that's but that. they hired me on my last day of the internship so there it is right there, that, yeah. there it is. Like, you, know. <laughs> you so so obviously you were doing your thing in there right yeah it was only um three people that got hired on the last day um and i was the only minority to get hired so yeah, actually, everything is kind of like aligned in the universe, and everything just happened. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about it. Um, and the way it actually happened is like halfway through the internship, I was like, "Hey guys, I'm not gonna be here as much. You know, the internship is coming to a close. So <laughs> you, I'm about to go start interviewing." <laughs> you was throwing those feelers out there. That's what you was doing. <laughs> I, honestly, I was just trying to let them know, like, yo, don't don't kind of be being here because. This is all cool, but y'all gonna have a new wave of people here, and I need to look out for me right now. So I gotta go find a job. <laughs> Don't get attached, cause I'm about to be out the door. Exactly. <laughs> they were just like, you know, like they kept getting towards like, you know, you sh- don't really um, <laughs> be okay, like you know. And then one day, I, I, I almost, well, I got an offer, and I told him like, yep, got an offer. Um, I'm trying to go do this, 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 and that. And then it was kind of like, okay, well, you know would like for you to stay on with us um wow. but in order for this to work smoothly you know these are the enforcements that we have to put in place so that everyone else last day as an intern will be your first time your first day as a full-time employee so it was like a wow and what what made you choose that opportunity over the offer that you had um i mean the other one was like i think it, it was actually at homeland so funny uh I think I was just already familiar with the office yeah. that I was working with, and it's like, why wouldn't I want to work at the White House? Like, yeah. And at, at this point, did you have you had you already met Obama yet? Yes, I have. Ooh, yeah. Wait, how how yeah. how's Obama? Because we already we we see him from TV and you know from afar, but actually working in the White House and you know within his administration, you know, how does he keep everything together and what's he like? Um, he is actually, uh, he's the, the same that you see him on TV, and I really, really like working for the First Family, um, and I didn't do anything, like, at the White House that was policy-related, so yeah. didn't get to work on all the cool stuff, but I did work in the office, um, that did, like, personal concierge-type work yeah. for the First Family, so it was kind of like, um, I got to, to be a part of his day the way that no one else was so um our office used to do his wake-up calls so i was like the first and last person he talked to every day for a long time um and you know it was just it was just cool like i didn't get to you know work on certain, certain policy to help these people in this neighborhood but i was waking him up so he could work on those policies <laughs> 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 pretty sure after so many wake-up calls you know did did he ever become like a regular person to you like did you view him as a regular person or did you still kind of have like butterflies yeah. like it was it was like weird because it was almost like and it's so crazy because like working at the white house you're like in a bubble right yeah. so like 
majority of my days was was in this bubble and you know all of my friends worked in the politics for high profile people it was like a bubble that we were living in and being that like the access was so close like yeah, you're right there I had, you know what i mean and i worked on a team with other people that worked so closely with him in that same sense yeah um, and then you, you walk out in the street and then people, or like, or if you go to like a family event or, you know, like for that whole time of my life, it's like, this is my friend, she worked at the White House, like, this is my niece, she worked at the White House, and then you move into the part of like your identity, and then, you know, you go back to your, your alma mater or they do doing stories on you, and it's just weird because in that bubble, it don't seem so big, right? but when you step out of the bubble and you see like, millions of people being inspired by this family and you just had like that close range for so long it's like dang like i really was just like oblivious yeah you was a part of something like amazing yeah that is that is dope and and like i'm pretty sure working like i said with obama you know, in, in the first family, you know, you was going everywhere and people was like, Yo, yeah, yeah. It's almost like it was a little low key celebrity within your own like networking group. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it definitely felt it felt like that sometimes. Um but like to me it was just like, yo, I I know that I could just do my job well. You know what I mean? It was yeah. more so like a, a task to me. More so like than feeling the same kind of way that people felt. You know what I mean? Like I always try to it's cool. I'm just here to, to just to be here. I just want to chill. I don't want to talk about it. Like, I'm here to have a good time at work. Like, yeah, that's it. I'm only here for a good time. That's that's pretty much what it came down to. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you're at the White House. You're working your job. They they extend you an offer, and you know you're working in position. You know, the administration comes to an end, and you know where are you at now? Like, are you? Are you now on the hunt for entertainment job or like where 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 were you at at this point? When the administration ended, I think I was I was in a, a different place than a lot of people that worked in politics at the time because a lot of people that I knew this was like their first real job it was like the White House was their first real job. Yeah. And for me, this was like third fourth time at the rodeo. Yeah. Right, not the White House, but you know I've had jobs. You know, this was like in the middle of a career kind of thing, a career path. Yeah. So I didn't want to just hop in and jump into something else. Like I really needed to take some time because those six and a half years was like wear and tear on my body. Mm -hmm. So I, I wanted to be very careful about like what at this point I'm now about to give my thirties to. Like where am I? Who am I giving my time to? <laughs> and you know, I can't do that same kind of like fast paced. Yeah. Hot it's kind of work and you know am I going to work with someone else and help them continue to build their legacy or do I need to go ahead and start putting in the the work to, to build my own legacy you know what I mean um so it's like you know that kind of thing like literally being realistic about what I wanted to do um so I did talk to like a few organizations uh entertainment private industry government you know sat down with a few folks and nothing really felt like it was worth me like, okay, now I'm about to go into this new company, do about six to eight months in training and get, you know, and then from there, like, what am I going to get? What do I want to do? Am I going to be bored in like another two years? Right. Um, so I had to like really sit and think about some stuff and 
what was going to make best sense for me to do. And it wasn't going into a new job right away or like the next step. It wasn't ready because, you know, the rule is like once you cash out. That's it. You you cash out. So you got to be very particular about how you cash out. So it was just like, yo, just do do your own thing. And, you know, it'll work. It has to work. So you spent how long? How long after you left between all these interviews and meetings and things like that before you said, all right, boom, I got it. I'm not wasting my time with nobody else. Because obviously you knew your worth, right? And again, like you said earlier, you didn't want to go, you know, end up in your later career thinking, "Ah, I wish I should have took that leap and, you know, took the jump and, you know, did what I wanted to do at that moment in time when it was the right opportunity. Um, What what essentially gave you that idea like, all right, you know, I'm not wasting no time. This is it. This is this is the perfect opportunity. I actually had someone who tried to connect me. Well, actually not tried. I actually got connected to a um a rapper, a very well known rapper in the music industry. Can who, we know a name? Um, am I gonna say their name? I'm not gonna say his name. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to say his name, not at all. Um, I got connected with this rapper camp, and we had a talk, and they were interested in expanding their, um, just like their community side of their brand. And uh, we talked for a few times, but it was like, you know, I really don't know. You know, I'm really hot, and I'm just like, yeah, you're hot, but you're not going to be hot for long. Not in the sense of disrespect, but just the way the industry works, like cash out or you start working on a legacy yeah. in the midst of while you're hot and not when you're like, you know, I was a former rapper that did X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, and super, super cool rapper. But, you know, I talked to my mentor and she was like, yo, like, you could be going through another two months of talks with this guy and he may give you year 2019. How about you start your own thing and you let the rappers and entertainers come to you to help from that point instead of getting another high profile person off the ground, you know, by helping them. Once you do it the opposite way, once you, you know, you already have a brand, once you just feed into that a little bit more instead of just taking your whole brand because you're a moving brand yourself and, you know, bringing it to another organization, right. do it the reverse way, so... It was like listening to her, and she she did nonprofit work for a while, and at the point now she she works in the government, so um, she has really sound decision making um, things that I listen to. And it that's, like you know how you would have thought. And that's that's very imperative. I mean, the, the good the good thing is that she you know she understood where you wanted to go, and she helped guide you to make that decision. So at this point, were you were you like all right? I'm doing the Hustlers Guild, and who do I need to reach? Like, who'd you reach out to to, like, bring it together, like, bring the idea together? Um, the way, the, to be honest, the way it actually happened is I had a conversation with her, maybe, I think when I had got back from Cuba, and it was probably, like, in May. Uh, but the year before, I turned 30, and I threw a birthday bash that was, like, invite-only, um, black, uh, Thai, a fair kind of situation at an art gallery um, that played like trap music all night. Hey. And I raised $1,000 within a week. And the $3,000, I just took it and I did a whole bunch of like things. Like I 
you know, sponsor Christmas and Thanksgiving for people. And I gave so much money based off of like what was raised to different, you know, organizations and communities that needed it. And she was like, you just did a birthday bash that you were so, I was like, you don't know what you want to do right now. She was like, you've been doing it the whole time. Like, she's like, you packed out an art gallery and had people show up who wasn't invited. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like, you sound like you, uh, getting your drink on with God's plan. telling them the purpose at the time right and i mean of course it's a yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. they just didn't like the name Somebody, somebody across the world got got it. Yes, uh, but Hustlers Guild actually came from. I had a creative session with like four friends. We sat down. I was like, Hustlers, the word Hustlers got to be in it somehow. Uh, we could figure out everything else. I knew that I wanted this organization to be like a place where people can kind of come to like a, not a gang, but like a group of people and just kind of like get that help that we was trying to get hustling through um, the political arena. Yeah. And so, so starting it out, you know, and essentially, you know, setting the foundation for what this organization is going to stand for, um, you know, how did you transition through that, which are now, you know, newly acquired, you know, team, you know, what, what are some of the things that you guys had to go through to get this thing up and off the ground? Um, for number one, I had to spend weeks, uh, reading any and everything about nonprofit work, uh, the laws. I had to understand like every step of the way what was needed. Go 
the entire process, like crash course myself, reading everything, and then bringing in people um, who I needed within this process that I didn't have the expertise or couldn't be self-taught about. Yeah. So you have a counsel, um, and I had to bring in people that I trust uh, with my vision to, like, you know, rock out with me. Um, had to bring in people who are good with, like, numbers and money uh, to kind of, like, help me and guide me in that aspect. So I had to be smart enough to know that I wasn't the expert in a bunch of areas and then bring in those people who would best be fit um, to help me advise me in there. And then from there, it's like I knew, I'm like, listen, I will let you give me feedback and guidance. I'm not like a 100%. This is all me. Yeah. Um, I I would love your input because, you know, it's just going to help me get off the ground. But it's going to be, this nonprofit is going to base off of youth advocacy, inner city, black and brown kids. Right. I'm going to have a huge hip-hop component because I love hip-hop. There it is right there. uh, We can can work around that. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now, one of the key things you said was um, you realize your strengths and your weaknesses. And as entrepreneurs, what I've come to find out is that, you know, we have these ideas and we want to bring them to fruitation. These these ideas are our babies. You know, they're our babies and we, we wrap our, you know, we wrap our arms around them so close that it's like, you know, I, I want this to be mine, right? And for you, you was able to, you know, set that set that aside and realize, you know, what you weren't good at and bring other people on that were, you know, great at those particular aspects that can help feed your dream. And, you know, you need a good squad. You need a good team to kind of help, you know, get things off the ground because you're not going to be able to do everything. You know, the, the greater the greater entrepreneurs and managers, um, you know, they, they're able to facilitate and, you know, they're able to make things shake and utilize people for, you know, their strengths and their skills to help, you know, bring the whole dream together. And that's something that you was able to do um, at the at the very beginning, which is good. You didn't realize it later after, you know, wore yourself thin. You, of course, got the background, but you was able to bring up, like, the things you couldn't do, you was able to bring in key people. So I think that was a, that was definitely a, 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 a critical piece that, you know, helped with, you know, you transition to where you're at now. So tell us where you guys are at now, because, I mean, you guys have been in business for a while. You got the foundation running. And like I said, I've been seeing you guys, you know, more and more uh, gaining presence on social media and around the DMV area. You know, what are some of the things that you guys are doing now that everything's lifted and off the ground? So we are, I think we're six months old now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're six months. Um, so as of right now, we've done like close to 30 programming sessions. We have two schools in DC where we work with, uh, we're over at Wheatley in the Trinidad neighborhood. And then we're off, uh, East Capitol close to the shrimp boat for those who know over at Maya Angelo, which is a last resort high school. Um, so programming wise, like I think we, this is a pilot year. Uh, for this, so we're figuring out things that really work for us and things that the kids absolutely love and what they hate. Um, and it's going to make it better for like once we actually sustain the programming to go forward to the next year. So we're learning a lot. We've been getting so much programming support from all kinds of people, uh, not only just like you know, people who've been donating uh, during our monthly subscription. 
subscriptions that we have, which maybe since like a one-time lump sum, uh, we've been uh, able to get a lot of millennials a part of our organization is our membership because not only are they giving and getting tax write-offs, yeah. but they're able to actually get some more training experience by like band speakers and uh, facilitating workshops. So it's development for pretty much anyone who's involved in HG. And that's just how we set up and we run stuff. Um, we open the opportunity for that, but we get, we get so much support. It's crazy. Like, um, you create- go ahead. I said we got a programming support from Apple, um, a Chick-fil-A store has given us some programming support as well, and we also receive um, like some from Rock Nation, the Universal Music Group, um, Facebook DC has shown mad love to us, so we've been getting a lot of just like support. Y'all cracking out here in these trees, that's what's, that's what's going on. We definitely trying to. That's, that's what's going on. See, like... And the good thing about it is that you you were in the midst of all this, you're able to create opportunities for other folks. So, you know, for the millennials that, you know, do need that experience work with nonprofits and and or speaking or, you know, putting on events and stuff, you know, you're providing that outlet as well. So you're pretty much you're taking care of a 360 circle and bringing everything back around um, and providing for, you know, you putting on for the culture. So that's definitely appreciated and, and something that, you know, you would have liked, you would have loved to have something like this when you were a kid and for you to be able to go out and create it and, you know, help others and bring other people on as well, you know, it's definitely commendable. Oh, thank you. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, so yeah, so, you know, you was able to create this business, you know, from start to bottom, and you, you had a very interesting uh, journey to get to that point. With everything you was able to do, you know, what was your biggest influence in starting this business brand or venture? Biggest influence, uh, my father from being a, a immigrant, Pakistani immigrant, coming over and starting a small business. Uh, he still has a small business that he runs. Um, so that just being under an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur for so long, those habits kind of like just pick up. Yeah. Um, and then Rockefeller, you know, I'm a huge Jay Z fan. Hey, like, ho! <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to like, ho, man. Just the way like Rockefeller like started, it was like a crew kind of thing. You know what I mean? And then yeah. you know, he got put on put his people on how like just Dame the way that Dame used to approach stuff and his attitude and his demeanor like you know those kinds of things like always stuck with me <laughs> um and of course like Diddy too like that's like a long lasting brand yes and if you ever see uh, our logo it's like a black and white logo but I use like it came from like the bad boy uh, so, <laughs> you know I'm not like, gonna say that I had to say that I was like you know, that was a little bit like bad boy right now <laughs> But it's like, you know, it's like I wanted, I love just like black and white stuff. Like that's just always been my thing. So it was definitely like just Damon Diddy that was had like this, this thing about them. It was like they had like this audacity to like just do stuff and just to be so confident why they do it. Like, you know, why not? Like we're going to make this thing happen regardless of whether you like us or not. People don't yep. usually, people don't usually see, see that kind of stuff. 
you know what I'm saying? And for them to go out there and make and hustle like the way they did with the attitude, you know, definitely, uh, definitely inspirational. So I see where you got that from. And your pops, your pops was, your pops was the real hustler. That's the real OG right there. Oh yeah, absolutely. So being as though like everything's pretty much established, not established, but you know, you're six months off the ground and you're going through, you know, the, the hurdles of being an entrepreneur uh, what do you still struggle with today? The biggest thing that I struggle with <laughs> is sleep. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, no sleep, no sleep. It's like it's definitely like a sleep thing. Like I feel like I haven't been getting sleep since two thousand and six. Yeah. So- I wish I could get more. I know when I stopped. Uh, when the administration was over, I literally slept for two weeks. When I said I slept for two weeks, I was sleeping like 18-hour day. Good <laughs> Lord. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I was like dang there in a coma. Like, I'd be so tired. <laughs> I want to get better at having some kind of balance when it comes to sleep. But sleep is definitely like the thing. Like, I'd be up until like 2 a.m. working. And then back up again at seven ish. You so. can't help it. You you can't help it. You got to stay working on your stuff. Like I'm a night owl, you know. And granted, I got to get up at four thirty every morning, and I'd be hard pressed to be in the bed by like ten o'clock. But I, I I just can't help it. You know, I come home, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, and then next thing you know, it's eleven thirty, twelve o'clock, and here it is. I got to wake up at four thirty. You know. Yeah. So coffee. <laughs> Coffee is my best friend, and no sugar, no cream, no nothing, just straight black coffee. I don't even drink coffee. Well, how 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 are you staying awake? I think it's just like just like my natural like self. Like I don't drink coffee. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I don't drink coffee. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh Lord, see, I, I I had to buy me a Keurig. Well, I first I had the original coffee pie, and that was that was popping. But then next day, no, I had a Keurig, and then my whole life changed. It's every single day i think the fact i think if i woke up at seven o'clock if i worked till two and then i had to wake up at seven i think i'll be all right Four thirty is is not a natural time to wake up i'm sorry oh it's not that's what i'm sitting over here like yeah right i can stay up until four thirty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no yes i've been doing it for like three years now i'm still not used to it so being as though y'all are six months fresh, you know, you haven't been established for too long. Um, where do you see the Hustlers Guild in the next, you know, 20, 30 years or by the time you're like 40 or 50? Like, are we going to be are we going to be national or are we going to be international? What is it? What is it going to be? I think it's just going to be like uh, like a known household kind of thing. Like people know that it exists in the few areas that it exists in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be literally like, you know that that place only produced excellence or that's a place that you can go to if you want to be a young professional and get back and it was started. You know, it's going to have like that history and prestige behind it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what it's going to be. It was always going to be about and for like the hip hop culture. So with everything that you've been able to do so far, and let's see, well, how long have you been doing this? 10, 15 years, your journey so far? Yeah. If you could take it from the very beginning all the way to now, where you got the Hustlers Guilds going on, and you've been in the White House, and, you know, you were stuffing envelopes at one time, and then you was trying to, you know, get it cracking at the Boys and Girls Club, what word would you describe this whole journey? 
just one word. How would you describe it? Poppin'. Poppin', yo. Poppin'. <laughs> why poppin'? <laughs> you said why poppin'? Why poppin', yo? Why? <laughs> regardless like you said um you know but everything that you had predetermined you know and, and even though you had everything predetermined and you was moving through your journey and, and going through this and going through that like you said you was able to stay true to yourself and that's one thing um you know I've been trying to preach on the show is that you know and essentially the name is love yours like you gotta love every situation you know that that you're in regardless of if you're at that point in life where you want to be or you're not, you got to love your current situation first. And that's how you move on through the next stage and get to a point where you want to be at. So for you, you know, regardless of where you was at, you know, within the journey, you was, you was still yourself. You were still loving everything about each opportunity and you took advantage of it. And so, you know, that's everything that, you know, we kind of like preach on the show and it's good to have like somebody on here that was able to realize that at an early age. And what did you love most about your experience? I think it was just the part that, like, no matter, like, what job or opportunity came my way, like, I always was able to, like, put myself in the mix. Yeah. Um, so I always had, like, hip-hop and youth advocacy has been, like, the part <laughs> of everything that I did. Like, from here all the way back to, like, 2001, 2002, like, it always been a part of it. So that was, like, the greatest thing. I could say I did, like, hip-hop and uh, Boys and Girls Club work when I was at the White House. I did it when I was at Homeland. I did it when I was at uh, DOD. I did it in college. Like, I was able to just kind of always have that outlet, and that was, like, my main platform. So Yeah, you did everything. You did everything, and everything kind of coincided within itself, and, and everything just laid out perfectly for you. Which is good. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably my, my favorite. All right. I so if let's let's I want you to uh, put on your your imaginary uh, thinking caps on right now. So let's say you know it's twenty thirty years from now. The Hustlers Guild is is a household brand name across the world. You know, like Diddy. And uh, what, what 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 city would you like to be at at that point? You want to be here in D.C. or you want to be out in L.A.? Where you want to be at? All right, where are you going to be at? Let's say 20, 30 years, what city are you going to be in? 20, 30 years, where I'm going to be 
Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, pick a city. Any any city. Let's 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 do New York. Let's do New York. Let's All right. New York. So we we gonna we gonna choose New York. You know, twenty thirty years down the road. You know, we we rolling down. Uh, we rolling up to New York. And yes, you're in. Uh, what what kind of car are you in right now? What kind of car? What kind of car? Twenty thirty years you in? Rolling up to New York. Right, Tesla. They always ahead of the time, right? Tesla. Yeah, there it is. So we we in a Tesla rolling up ninety five, about to hit the turnpike to head into New York, and right outside of the uh, J. What is it? The uh, JFK Bridge. Is that the bridge? Is the JFK Bridge? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. They, oh, I I don't know the name of it, but I know it's the fifteen dollar bridge. So, <laughs> <laughs> so. So let's say we roll in, we about to pull up to the to the fifteen dollar bridge and there's this huge billboard. And on this billboard it might have your face or it might just have a quote from you. What does that quote say? Life is too short to be basic. Where'd you get that from? <laughs> <laughs> That's just how, how I speak like like yo, life is way too short and it goes by so fast just be regular like just like define <laughs> regular give give me regular regular to me is someone who just like well i want to say regular no basic is to me is someone who kind of like just accepts everything that's thrown at them and don't even like push themselves to do stuff that they want to do like you know what i mean just yeah, like you I just want to fly by just to get by and that's Life shouldn't be like that. No, we gotta you gotta go after everything you wanna go after and you gotta seize the moment when it's time. You know. Absolutely. When it, when when God give you that uh that sign, you gotta go after it. And you, you never like I say, you never wanna get to the point where you just let twenty, thirty, forty years go by, you like, I ain't really do nothing besides work you know, go go to work, come home, go to work, come home. I didn't do nothing on the side, you know, I didn't do anything. And for some people that's that that's that's what they like. You know, but for us, you know, entrepreneurial minded people like we we want to we want to go create We're content creators. We want to, you know, make things happen and make things shake. So, you know, I, I definitely feel you on that. I'm not I don't want to be basic, you know, or uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want people to do what everyone else is doing. Like, yo, just do do you like don't be with the wave of everybody else or. You know, like, why would you want to blend in when you could, like, stand out and stop being basic? Yeah. <laughs> we look, uh, uh, and I'm and I'm not lying. And I say this to everybody. We're going to make this happen, right? So this billboard has to be right in front of New York uh, in the next 20 We're going to make okay. sure it's there, all right? Listen, it needs to be. <laughs> so, look, so now that you've been on the show and you've, you know, you've kind of been able to tell us your journey and see what we're about and uh everything that you know what it means to to love yours and love your situation and everything that comes about it um you know i'm pretty sure that you know we're gonna have people inspired by your story and motivated uh that's either in your your field or outside of your field either way you're gonna touch somebody you're gonna touch somebody in the audience and you know for you you know, there's I'm pretty sure there's people that you look up to and entrepreneurs that are hustling twice as hard and, you know, have a story within themselves that, you know, you're kind of inspired by. So, you know, I'm going to ask you, like, what 
which entrepreneur or brand, you know, would you like to support and see on the show next? Because I'm going to do my best to try to reach out to them and, and bring them on the show and share their story. Oh, absolutely. Um, Antonio White, Beyond Ideas Group, he has a really very interesting, inspiring, and like non-traditional um story. Like, you know, where we like kind of like the same, but not really. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of adversity in his story. Um, definitely, Antonio. Yeah, I, I know Antonio. I reach out to him, like I said, because we all kind of got like, you know, it, DC is so small. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> it's, if you do anything that's like cracking out here you you know everybody like and everybody's in the same circle so yeah I'll, I'll i'll reach out to antonio and see if we can have him on the show that's no problem oh cool man definitely definitely so look yes i greatly appreciate you being on the show and taking the time out to rap with me rap with everybody that's uh you know listening and be able to share your story um, one of, you know, just staying true to yourself and, and really going after what you want to do. And for the opportunities that you had, you know, like I said, definitely motivational and the fact that you was able to stick with them. So like for me and everybody that's listening, you know, we appreciate you being on the show. Thank you for having me, you know, anytime. Yeah. Hey, we got to make some things shake out here. I got some apparel for you, you know, maybe for the kids. I got, I got all that stuff. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> 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 but, but no seriously thank you so much and uh like i said we'll be reaching out soon cool cool appreciate it hey guys that's a wrap for our show if you enjoyed this episode please feel free to leave a comment and show love by subscribing on itunes or through our website www.loveyourspod.com while you're there, support the brand that supports you and cop some of our dope apparel and merchandise available for purchase. You can also check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Love Yours Pod, that's for both accounts, and my own personal account at strongarm underscore shad. That's shad spelled S-H-A-A-D. In addition, if you know any entrepreneurs or brand makers who inspire you and would like to see on the show, visit our main page of the website, scroll all the way down to the bottom, and fill out the information in the fields provided. I also would like to say thank you to our sponsors and everybody that came together to make this episode happen. Without you, this train don't roll. Until our next episode, keep dreaming, keep creating, and always remember, love yours.